Well, hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of our podcast, the For Our Amusement Podcast. I guess just right off the bat to get started, we're going to go over basically just some reviews today. So some reviews of some books that we've read recently, some shows that we've been watching together, some movies that we've seen, just that kind of stuff. And then we'll probably tell some stories, go over just general life because that usually happens. And yeah, that's kind of the plan for today. So I guess, do you have any books that you've been reading recently that you'd like to talk about, or should I start us off? Uh, You go ahead and start us off. All right. So I'm actually reading a series right now. It's two books in a series, and it's the Six of Crows series. I'm not going to try to pronounce the author's name because I feel like even though it's not that difficult, I'm just going to absolutely butcher it. But Six of Crows is the first book, and Crooked Kingdom is the second book. I read Six of Crows, I want to say back in 2018, I borrowed it from a friend, and she didn't have the second book in a series, and obviously I didn't have either of them, that's why I was borrowing from this friend, and I read it, and I absolutely loved it, but I just never read the second one, so then a couple weeks ago, I was like, hey, I want to read the second one, so why don't I reread the first one just to make sure that I'm all caught up, and I reread it. And I loved it just as much as I loved it the first time that I read it. It was absolutely amazing. And I am now like three-fourths of the way through the second one. Can you give us kind of like a, a synopsis without revealing too much of what the book is about? Basically, it's about a bunch of young teens, I would say, like 15 to 18 year olds. And they all live in this city, and obviously in this city there's a more refined part of the city where all the the merchants live and the bankers and all that sort of stuff. And then there's a more of like a slums side of the city where it's more the, the sketchy part of the city. And this is this is back in they don't actually give a date, but there's no like cars or technology or anything like that, obviously. So it's about these kids. And all of them are some sort of, like, thief or basically they're, they're just a bunch of, like, trouble, trouble causers. And it's all, like, kids that had really unfortunate situations and then they ended up having to live this life. One person went to the city with family members and the family was killed and he was, like, an 11-year-old on his own and he ended up being like the leader of a gang in the city one girl was sold by slavers into basically a pleasure house and now she's in the gang and she's like the person who collects information and all that kind of stuff for the gang but it's about all these kids that are in a gang and all of them do something or other one of them he likes to shoot guns one of them she likes to climb buildings one of them kind of is the leader They all have a bunch of skills that are maybe a little bit questionable, but all of them ended up in this scenario because their life just completely did not go according to plan. And I'm not going to go into too many details because it's obviously you'd have to read the book, but it's about this gig or this mission that is supposed to be impossible for anyone to ever pull off. 
And these kids basically go out and they decide that they're going to pull off this mission. And it's about them doing that. And it's about the kids growing up as characters and some of them wanting to pull off this mission and get the reward because they want to move on with their lives and they want to get out of this lifestyle that they're in. And yeah, and then I'm not going to say what the second one is about too much because that would reveal what happens in the end of the first one, but I'm like three-fourths of the way done and it's been really, really good so far. So I've been enjoying it. So if you want to read a kind of like action adventure, but also a really character-driven series, then it's a good series for you. What's the point of view where it's each of the characters individual? Is that like the the second type of third person? I wouldn't know. I, I, I struggle with that, to be honest with you. So I, I really wouldn't know. But basically, every chapter is a different perspective of one of the characters. So there's there's six kids that are the main characters. So every chapter switches between whose perspective you're reading. Sometimes you're reading the leaders. Sometimes you're reading one of the girls or one of the other girls or obviously the other the other characters. So you get to see or read about all of them growing throughout the book, which I thought was really cool because normally I don't really like when books do that because there's always one character that I don't like as much as the other ones. So then every time it switches to that character's perspective, I'm like, not this guy again. Like when I heard the Percy Jackson series, this may be an unpopular opinion, but I didn't really like Jason that much. The guy who's the son of Zeus. So every single time it switched to Jason's perspective in the um, like the Heroes of Olympus series, I was like, I don't want to read this chapter because I don't like him and I don't care what he has to say. But all of the characters are very likable, so I've enjoyed it. Is the series, is it a young adult series? Where, where did you find it? Adult books? I think it's young adult or teen fiction. Okay. And, and it's, it's more of an action-adventure fantasy. There is a little bit of, like magic involved but not really involved basically one of the races you could say that's in the book they have like slight abilities some of them deal with like humans like one of the characters in the book her job like outside of the gang is to basically like deal with people's emotions so if someone's like really really stressed out or they're grieving because they lost someone they would come to her and they'd pay her to like relax their muscles, slow their heart rate down. She does that kind of stuff. And then some of the people are people that deal with like elements so they can like basically build things and fabricate things. And then some of them are element people. So they have like tide makers basically that work at the docks in the book that help bring in all the ships for the city. So because of that, it probably would also be considered fantasy, but there's not a ton of that in the book. So it'd either be like fantasy or teen fiction or young adult action and adventure. Sounds good. Well, I I don't know. I'll see if maybe I can add it to my list. Maybe at some point I'll, I'll give it a read as well. Um, and maybe at that point we can revisit the book and uh, talk a little bit more about it. But yeah, very good. Uh, do you have any other books you want to talk about? I, I don't have any. I'd say the only other book that I've read recently, this one I don't remember the author of, but it's called The Court of Miracles. I just got it because it looked interesting at Barnes & Noble. And I'm not going to go into too much detail about that one just because it can be kind of difficult to explain. But 
it's actually supposed to be kind of like a spinoff of Six of Crows, which I didn't know until I started reading it. Because then I went and I looked at the actual description and I was reading through the inside of the book jacket. And it said that it was like a spinoff of Six of Crows. And I was like, oh, that's really cool because that's the book that I'm going to reread immediately after I finish this one. And that one was actually, it was very, very good too. There's two main characters in that book. Obviously, there's secondary characters, but there's two main characters, and the entire book is from the perspective of one of those two main characters. But it's kind of that same idea where it's a city, the city has, like, a less fortunate part or a slums area, if you'd like to call that, and it's all these people that ended up in there for some reason or another because they're family was killed or their family lost their fortune or something or another and it's all these people like trying to survive and try to make a living so it's from the perspective of a girl who is in a gang basically in the slum area and she's trying to go about all these impossible tasks and that one is actually that one is set in France it's supposed to be after a failed revolution so I think it said it was in, I could be completely wrong on this, but I want to say it's set to be in like the 1600s, 1500s, but that one was very good as well. And I think they did a really good job with the setting of it as well. But I think that's good. pretty much it for what I read recently. Good, 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 good. Well, um, then let's pivot from books into movies, if you don't mind. I'm fine with that. Okay, I, I'd like to start out with talking about Snowpiercer, because um, I finished watching that last night. And and I know that, that you, Cameron, you haven't watched it. Um, I would say that I don't recommend it. Um, Chris Evans is in this movie. Uh, it's about post-apocalyptic world where uh, what remains of humanity is on a train, and this train is traveling around the world. Um and the reason behind why that's the only remains of humanity is because the world has completely frozen uh, because the powers that, that be decided they wanted to try and use this new technology to reverse global warming. And it caused a major ice age that kills everything. And so these people are on train and the train, uh, well, I guess how people got on the train is it was based on kind of class systems. You paid for your ticket and because of that, you were placed within certain places within the train. Um, and so to me, the, the concept was really entertaining and I thought it'd be really, really cool. Uh, I'd say the execution of the movie was kind of lacking. Um, it was really just kind of violent and, and twisted and, you know, it, it, it really didn't appeal. Um, to me, there wasn't really any characters that I liked. Um, they all just were, were kind of messed up. I mean, not not to give away too many spoilers, but um, the the main characters within this this uh, movie were um, uh, this guy named Curtis, um, a guy named Edgar, who was kind of like Curtis's second in command. Uh, Curtis was kind of like the leader of the lowest class, um, and then there was. I can't remember her name, but she was kind of the leader that held the first class or the, the lower class and separated them from the higher classes. And then there was the guy that developed the train. His name is Wilford and he was sitting at the front of the train. So these are they're the four main characters and none of them were redeemable. None of them were likable. 
um, it just it was it was really really awkward because you you'd think that maybe you were latched on to the character that had the best interest because like Wilford himself he was trying to keep humanity alive he was the head of the train he was trying to ensure that the ecosystem within the train was surviving and thriving but then he would do some really really bad things like kidnap children or ask for execution of people um and it just it never was really really good and then you'd hear things about like curtis nearing the end um i'm just gonna spoil it because well frankly cameron you're not gonna watch it uh and for the viewers i mean it's been out since 2013 i think it's fair that i can spoil it now but uh he turns out that he was a cannibal when he first got on the train because they didn't give enough food or water to the lowest class and so he was eating babies and other people's limbs and it just it's really messed up and twisted and the movie doesn't really have a good ending because it ends by this really weird korean couple which was really father and daughter but didn't feel like it was father and daughter blew up a hole in the side of the train and then there's only two people that survive and they find out that they can live outside the train and then it just ends it was it just as you can probably tell from what i'm saying it just kind of was all over the place really violent and gory a lot of people died a lot of people on screen died there's a lot of hand-to-hand combat where you would see the intricacies of blood spurting out and it's just it wasn't it wasn't good at all it really wasn't a good movie so i don't recommend it um i would probably give it a two out of 10 on my rating scale. Um, Chris Evans does a really good job of playing the character that he's played or that he's supposed to play, but the plot, the characters themselves, none of it was really well done. So I I don't recommend it. Yeah. I know that's a movie that's been on our list for a while that we've been meaning to watch and I've been avoiding it because I knew I probably wasn't going to like it just because for me, I'm kind of a baby. I'm kind of a wimp. I don't really like R-rated movies just because I'm not very good at handling like gore and all that. Obviously, there's some of that stuff in action and adventure movies. Like I've seen all the Marvel movies. Obviously, that has some level, but I think there's a really big difference between PG-13 action and adventure and then rated R action and adventure. And I just, I'm so bad at handling that kind of stuff. So I've been putting it off because I knew that I wasn't really going to like it. And actually, they just turned that show, or that movie, excuse me, into a TV show. And that's how I found out about the movie, is because I was looking up some things on it, because I was like, maybe this would be a show that I would be interested in watching. And then I saw that there was a movie it was based off of, and I was like, okay, so either the movie was good and the show was going to suck, or the show was going to be good, which means the movie probably sucked. (laughs) And, and you know, I can't speak about the, the TV show, but just from the little bit that I've looked into it, I don't envision it being much better. I think they might do a better job of developing the characters, but I still think it's going to be pretty violent and gory. And I have a strange feeling that, unlike the movie, they're probably going to add some more um, romance and, and sexuality into it, which, I mean, if that's what you're going for, great, but I don't find that all that entertaining um, to, to, to me to the extent that I think they'll probably put into it. So uh, I don't think that I will end up watching the, 
the TV show. The movie was good enough. I think, um, I think that's enough. I really, really wish they would have taken it from a different angle, you know, uh, mm -hmm. focus more on character development, made it a little bit more PG, PG 13, you know, mm -hmm. uh, because it, like I said, it just, it was twisted and weird. And here, I mean, I think the part that, that was the worst for me is Curtis played by Chris Evans. I, I liked his character until I heard about the whole eating children thing. And I was just kind of like, well, this, this guy really isn't redeemable anymore. So. Yeah. I don't think I have any intention of watching the show either, just because when I watched a couple of trailers, I was getting a ton of ads for the trailers on YouTube back like probably this fall and they all just looked like how you described the movie which is excessively violent and not really a lot of character development because they focused on the violence and obviously like we have said if that's what you like that's fine don't take this as if you like that you're a terrible person it's just we don't really prefer those kinds of movies. We like there to be other things involved, whether that be the storyline or the scene that they're in or the character development. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I mean, for me personally, this, this doesn't go for Cameron. I, I'm not really squeamish. Um, twisted things, horror movies, violence, gore, nudity, whatever it all that is. It doesn't really bother me that much if it's in there. But to me, all of that needs to be in there for a greater purpose. It's not just because of that. I, I like action movies, but the action movies that I really enjoy and go back to are ones that have stories built in. It's not just about the action. And, and for this one in uh, particular, the violence felt like it was just violence for violence's sake. I think um, one particular part in the movie... I think it was like 30 minutes straight of just watching people slaughter each other. And it's like, why? Like it, it helps the story along further on down the road, but it was just too much. I think it could have been cut in half and they added something else to make you want to like some of the characters better or to empathize with them or, or things like that. Mm -hmm. it, there was one other thing that I'd like to bring up before we move on from this movie um, that, bothers me a lot too um so the the whole cannibalism thing apparently i think that lasted about a month a month and a half into uh what they described to be 18 years that they'd been living on the train roughly um and so in that month and a half after that ended apparently the owner of the train wilford the, the guy that makes everything run uh he developed some sort of device to create these protein blocks that he then gave to feed the lowest class all the other classes were eating steaks potatoes normal food but that class was forced to eat protein blocks and at one point in the movie they show exactly how those protein blocks are made and there, there's two parts that i like to to say to this so curtis and at this point has already eaten human limbs he's he's a cannibal he's eaten people he's eaten babies all those things and they go to this huge pot where this whacked out scientist who is high on some sort of drug is making these protein blocks and they can see him being churned out. And so he goes up to the top of the tank and he looks down into it to see what it's being made out of. And the guy starts looking like he's going to like throw up. 
Oh, and he looks in there and then the camera pans and they show what's in there. And it's millions upon millions of live cockroaches that they're grinding to a pulp and making into the protein blocks. And I have two problems with this. First, I didn't really need to see the cockroaches. They could have just <laughs> told us like, I didn't ask for that. At that point, I think it was like 1230 at night. I was like, well, great. Now I'm not going to sleep. Yeah. Violence is one thing, but bugs. No, thank you. <laughs> exactly. Well, it was a lot. It was really gross. Um, so it's that. And then the second thing that I have a problem with it, and there's a lot of flaws in this movie um, outside of, you know, not showing enough detail, but they, there's a lot of things that just didn't add up or make sense. But this one in particular, I still bothers me. So the guy that has eaten limbs, he's eaten humans. He looks down at cockroaches and he sees them being mushed up into protein blocks and he suddenly has a problem that he can't hold his stomach. He's, he's going to throw up because cockroaches. Okay, to me, I, I mean, I can't imagine being in this situation, but to me, I would think that if you've eaten human limbs, there's not really much lower you can go. You'd be fine like, with some bugs. <laughs> I'm pretty sure you'd be all right. <laughs> exactly like that doesn't make any sense the other the other thing that i want to point out sorry i realize another thing but what furthers my point is there's punishments that the lower class has to incur if they ever try to speak up or they don't follow the rules of this the safety guard that that exists to prevent the lower class from reaching the other classes and so whenever they they have a problem or they do something wrong uh, there's these little holes in the side of the train that they can unplug and they stick people's limbs through them. And because it's so cold out there and because they're moving so fast, um, it takes a very small amount of time for the limb to completely freeze. Yeah, I saw that they had included this in the, the show as well because that part where they're sticking their arm outside is in a lot of the trailers for the new show. Yep, yep. So, so, so it's a punishment. And... To me, that's more messed up, and I had a harder time with that than than some of the other things because they would after they they freeze the limb and they have a timer that they know how long it'll take. They pull the the person's limb back in, they set it on a block, and then they take a heavy mallet and they smash it into pieces. And to me, that's more disturbing than than cockroaches even. Yeah, no, thank just, you. It, so messed up, so so messed up. I'm so glad that I watched it without you, Cameron, because I. You wouldn't have made it through it, and it's just better that you don't know. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to take that off my list. <laughs> yeah, for sure, for sure. I feel but like let's... it would have been a really interesting movie if they would have furthered the beginning plot, because I feel like the whole, like, we're trying to reverse global warming and we screwed it up, I feel like that's a really interesting concept, and they could have ran with that more. I don't know how, but maybe if they had included more of that in there, like telling the backstory and showing how they got to that point, maybe it would have been a little bit more story driven instead of just violence you know yep yep exactly exactly and the the whole violence thing every person that's trying to lead this violence um this revolution as they call it has a different reason for it and none of them are good reasons one guy just wants to 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 kill wilford another guy is in league with wilford to just kill more people a third guy wants freedom for himself a fourth guy wants 
drugs so he can get high more often. Like th- there's no good reasons for what they're doing. It's just, it's terrible. None of them actually want to help the people. None of them want to take care of the children that they're struggling or take care of the people that are struggling there. It's all about themselves and it's all about really terrible purposes. But, yeah. And I know that's definitely a theme of movie because not every movie is going to have lovable characters and a plot that ends up. But I feel like for me, if I don't like at least one of the characters or connect with at least one of the characters, I don't always like it as much. Every single character in the whole movie just doesn't have a single redeeming quality. Then it's kind of hard to feel invested in the plot for me. Yep. Yep. I agree. But anyway, I I could talk more and more about this, but I think um, we should probably move on to something a little bit happier. Yeah. Well, I guess if you want to completely flip gears, the one movie that Joshua and I watched together like a week and a half ago was G-Force. You probably have not seen G-Force unless you were like an, uh, an early 2000s baby because I was, I think, in elementary school when it originally came out. Uh, if you're older now, I wouldn't necessarily recommend watching it because it <laughs> is a kid's movie. So it's it's kind of hard to get through because it is very cringy. And a lot of the jokes are just like, ooh, you could have kept that to yourself. But Here, it was more of a nostalgic thing because my sister and I loved to watch that movie when we were really, really little. And it's about here, guinea pigs that are spies, basically. So here, Here's the thing. There's only two reasons why you should ever watch that show. First one being you are obsessed with Will Arnett. If you're obsessed with him, go ahead and watch that because he plays two characters in it. The second one being that you are a little kid and you don't mind little kid humor. And and unlike other little kid movies, you know, uh, sometimes like, like Shrek, they left in little parts that would completely go over the heads of little kids, but adults would get and they'd kind of chuckle and it would, it would make it kind of enjoyable. This one is just, it's it's solely a kid movie with the exception of they kind of sexualize a female guinea pig um in, which, in a very kid-like fashion which it's interesting it it's just it's not it, honestly the movie's not good but no and the thing is is even for me the person who watched it over and over and over again when i was little with my sister like even though i have that nostalgic connection to it i still didn't like it because you know a lot of adults when they grew up with disney movies coming out even now as adults, they'll still rewatch those Disney movies. Like there's tons of adults that love the Toy Story movies or they love the Lion King or they love the princess movies because they're still good movies even for adults because even though they're made for kids, it's not like they're made for kids to the point where they're just like shoving kid content down your throat, you know? But with G-Force, that's exactly what it is, is they're just, they're loading it with just, kid content isn't it four no it's three guinea pigs a fly and a mole (laughs) ah yeah that's right whatever opinion you have just based on that sentence alone is probably a correct opinion to have about the movie it's it's definitely interesting and like joshua said will arnett plays two characters he plays like the lead guinea pig and he plays the bad guy. So it's kind of funny because if you watch it, just thinking of Will Arnett, it's kind of like he's just fighting with himself the entire movie, which is interesting. Maybe that's the point is, is you're not supposed to go into the movie thinking it'll be a quality movie or trying to enjoy it for a quality movie. It's more supposed to be about the inner struggle of how Will Arnett lives his life. He's got two sides to himself, the good and the bad, and they're just constantly going back and forth. And one's a guinea pig. So it's really 
so so really what the movie is saying is will arnett is a bad person because the, the human person is the bad person the guinea pig is the good so the guinea pig is smaller than the bad therefore he's a bad person i don't know i no yeah. offense will arnett don't don't take any of this seriously definitely but. an adult movie you know we all deal with our own inner <laughs> guinea pig demons <laughs> It's it's interesting. If you want to laugh or if, I don't know, maybe if you have kids, maybe watch it with them. But if you're going to watch it by yourself and you're going to go into it with like, this is a classic nostalgic Disney movie because it is, it's a Disney movie. It's on Disney Plus. If you go into it with that thought process, you're going to be very disappointed. So, yeah. And I mean, it obviously this is just our opinion, you know, like someone else could watch it and they could think it's the cutest movie ever. If you like it, that's perfectly fine. It's just, I was really excited to watch it because like I said, I had that nostalgic connection. Like, oh, my sister and I used to watch it all the time. And I, we had, we took two days to watch it because neither of us wanted to finish it the first night. So just for us personally, I don't think I'm ever going to watch that ever again. <laughs> Well, so I just looked it up on IMDb, and it's got a 5.1 out of 10. So it's really not good. Yeah. I forgot um, Zach Galvanakis is in that movie, too. And bleh. <laughs> what, what can said. I say? Yeah. Is Will Ar- does Will Arnett play two people? Maybe I'm wrong in that. No, he does. Who Who's the lead guinea pig? That's Will Arnett. Well, but what's the name of the lead guinea pig? Oh, it starts with a D. Because it's Blaster, it's Juarez. Darwin? Yes, it's Darwin. Darwin is not played by Will Arnett. He's not? No. Who is he played by? Sam Rockwell. Oh, well then Sam Rockwell sounds a lot like Will Arnett. Apparently. Penelope Cruz is in the movie. Steve Buscemi. Nick Cage. Pretty much they they put together every wood that makes up crappy movies and they put them all in one. Yeah, it's it's definitely an interesting movie, but I guess we lied. Will Arnett is only in. He plays like the head guy of the government that doesn't want them to be agents and all that, which I know sounds like a ridiculous sentence, but <laughs> that's exactly what it is. Yep. Uh, I mean, not not to get sidetracked here, but if, for everyone that knows, I don't I, I think there there are quality movies, there are good movies, there's good quality movies, and then there's bad quality or bad quality movies and then not good quality movies. I don't know if that makes any sense. But to me, people that make up the list of actors that that are in movies that are not quality but they can be sometimes good, I think Will Arnett's in that. Um, Zach Galvanakis kind of hit or miss. Uh I haven't seen many movies with Penelope Cruz, but I've never found her to be all that good. Uh, Nick Cage, I mean, he's the classic, not quality, but good movie. And then uh, Steve uh, Buscemi, is that how you pronounce it? Yeah, Steve Buscemi. I'm surprised you hadn't heard of that name before we watched that movie. Well, you know, I recognize uh, Steve from... um, He's in Spy uh, Kids. Yeah, Spy Kids, that's it. I I recognize him from that, but that's about it. Yeah, well, a lot of people know him because I think when I was like early high school age, for some reason, I think he was like a really big meme, or at least his his name was. Like it was a big thing in the meme community for some reason. So I just kind of assumed that you would have heard of him because of all that, but 
I, I don't do memes. I don't keep up with things. Apparently, he's in Monsters, Inc. and Monsters University. Yeah, he plays Randy. I don't even know who Randy is. The little purple guy that can go invisible, and he's the bad guy in Monsters, Inc. He's like a little lizard boy. Oh, I haven't seen that in so long, so I'd kind of forgotten. I, I don't like that movie, so... I don't like Monsters, Inc. either. I know that that's a very unpopular opinion. A lot of people love Monsters, Inc., but for some reason, it just kind of weirded me out as a kid. Although, I do kind of like Monsters University. I felt like that one was pretty cute. Yeah, I kind of liked Monsters University, too. I mean, overall, I I wouldn't say that I like either of them that much. I would say Monsters University maybe gets like a 5 or a 6 out of 10, and Monsters, Inc. gets maybe a 4. Like, I I don't, they're not things that I care to watch over and over again, that's for sure. Yeah, I don't know if it's because I was too young or too old when it came out, but for some reason, I just, like, every time I watched it, I was like, this movie's just too weird for me. I don't know if it was because it kind of creeped me out, or if it's just because I thought it was dumb, but I just remember not really liking it as a child, so now that I'm older, I don't really like it, because I don't have any nostalgic connection to it like I do with a lot of other Disney movies, you know? Yep. Yep, I completely understand that. I, I that happens. I guess you know. I, yeah. I think when did it even come out? I don't know, but I know that that's a an unpopular opinion. I know a lot of people love Monsters Inc. Going on a tangent here, the one thing that I feel Disney does a very good job of is making movies that are geared towards kids and adults. All the movies that came out when all of the older people now like my age people in college or even people that are like my parents age all the movies that they grew up with people still have connections to like toy story obviously like i said earlier lion king the princess movies monsters inc any of those kinds of things they did a very good job of making movies that people would love when they were kids and they would still love when they were older because they had that nostalgic connection to them And I feel like nowadays Disney still does a good job of that. Off the top of my head, one example is Moana. I know that Moana was extremely popular when it came out with kids and adults because obviously it has really flashy colors. They did an amazing job with the animation. I think that movie is an absolutely gorgeous movie. Just it's so pretty, like the water and the trees. It's all so pretty. And obviously it has a lot of silly characters that kids love and it has all the catchy songs. It did a very good job of being something that kids loved but it also still has that story in it of like trying to figure out who you are as a person and growing up in maybe a role that you don't think that you fit into but everyone in your life or everyone in your environment is saying that this is who you're meant to be this is what you're meant to do and you don't think that that is what you want to do and trying to figure out what makes you happy and where you think you want to go yeah newer Disney movies or like Coco I, I've never actually seen it, and but I know that most people that watched it loved it, and I do want to watch it at one point, but I know that that movie does a very good job of talking about the topic of death and maybe there being an afterlife, but with it still being light enough that kids can enjoy it. And I think that Disney does a very good job of that, of making movies that kids love because they're flashy and there's songs in it. It's lighthearted and enjoyable, but then the adults, the older people, are still like a message that they're or that or like a, a something that the character is experiencing like inside out where and it deals with emotions and soul the new one that came out that deals with like talking about having a soul like disney does a very good job of making movies that are for kids and for adults so i think for that sure they're just like cranking out movies all the time 
and they're kind of known for being like this huge conglomerate corporation that kind of takes over everything. I do think that they are good at what they do because for sure. they make movies that are for such a wide audience range, especially for age. Yeah, for sure. They definitely down. For sure, for sure. So I guess, do you want to wrap things up or are there any games that you've been playing late, lately that you want to quickly talk about? No, no, no. I, th- I think we can wrap it up there. We'll do another one shortly though, hopefully. Yeah, maybe we'll talk about shows that we've been watching and maybe games or something like that in uh, maybe next episode or the one after that. But yeah. Yep. So I guess thank you all for listening here and um, I definitely know that, that I enjoyed this one and I'm looking forward to some future uh, discussions with you, Cameron. Thank you guys for listening us rant about things that you either are like have no idea what we're talking about and you've never heard of any of these things and you were really confused or it's like stuff that you grew up with or stuff that was in your childhood or stuff you've been enjoying lately but yeah i think we'll do some episodes that are like this where we're, we'll review books and shows and movies and video games and then there's going to be some episodes where we're going to talk about specific topics. Like I know one that I'm wanting to do sometime in the future is kind of go over the major differences between high school and college that I've seen now that I'm in college. And maybe some of them will just tell stories and talk about our day. So thank you guys for listening to this and we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.